Thank you for joining the City Growth Church Podcast. Here at CGC, we're a community of imperfect people living in apprenticeship to a perfect God. If you enjoyed today's message, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a brief review to help make this resource more available to your loved ones. God bless you, and let's start tracking together starting with today's message. message continues. Uh, you know, we're in the Sermon on the Mount. We're actually in week 11 of what I think will end up being 15 or 16 weeks that we'll spend in the Sermon on the Mount. So if you, if you think about that, we spent six, we're going to spend 16 weeks examining three chapters of Scripture. Right? We're, we're slowly taking our time and we're, we're digesting the Word of God. Uh, the theme so far, I don't know if anybody has kind of called it in chapter 6, but the theme has resoundingly been about how often we let things have us, right? About how often we let possessions possess us. And that theme will actually continue uh, with the, the verses of Scripture today. I'm going to read them again for us here in a second, and then everybody knows how I like to get down. We're going to break it down verse by verse, and we're going to actually uh, look at exactly what it is that, that Jesus is trying to to get across to us in this passage of Scripture. Uh, so, anybody that wants to find us in Scripture, we're in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 25 through 34 today. So that's verses 25 through 34 of Matthew. What? Jessica, that's not what this is for. Okay. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, notice the, 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 the punctuation there, right? We have a comma. So do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, and there's a semicolon, which means that, anybody know what the semicolon means? It means that it could have stopped, Right? Sentence could have stopped, but it, but it chose to continue here. So, or about your body. Again, there's a comma, so we stop, right? About your body. What you will wear is life, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? We're going to read that one more time. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans... Run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33, we, you know, we've been using this phrase lately, guys. But if you miss this, you miss everything. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I'm going to pray for us real quick. We're going to dive into the scripture. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we're just so thankful today, Lord, that we could just stop everything around us, God, that we could just take time out of the schedule that we overcomplicate and we overbusy, God. We could just take time to stop and meditate, God, to just pause on your word, God, and I just pray that today you'll use this passage of scripture, Lord, to just reach us, God, to just teach us, 
and to push us and, and, and pull us in the way that you intended for us to, to be, God. And I just pray that you use this, this message, Lord, to just reach our people. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm not going to lie to you guys. The, the past two weeks have been rough. Rough. Uh, so two weeks ago, we started what was supposed to be a vacation, right? A time of like, what's vacation, guys? Like peace, relaxation, serenity, other big words we don't use in our normal day-to-day, right? Like all the things that we want, this glamour life, that's what two weeks ago was supposed to be for us. And then when we make plans, God has this really cool thing where he laughs at us, right? We make plans, and God says, that's cute that you thought you could determine what your schedule would look like. Let's just rearrange everything. And it, it, was, it was hard, right? Because, like, you get excited about vacation. This, and this was a vacation we had, like, had planned out. So it wasn't like some spur of the moment, eh, you know, I could give it or I could take it kind of thing. Like, we planned this out. We had intentions of doing a certain thing, right? We had our mind and our focus on that thing. And that was the problem. What happens when you take your mind and your focus off of God? Oh, right? What happens is if you take your mind and your focus off of God first, that you begin to prioritize your life. You begin to declare over your own life what is important, right? You basically, not basically, you make yourself the God of your life. So today we're going we're gonna to really dig and, and dive deep uh, into this, this word that we find uh, in verse uh, 25, and it continues. Uh, you can actually go to the next one, and it kind of breaks it down smaller, so that, or bigger of a smaller portion, so you can read it, right? It says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. So this word worry, right? Worry. So far too often we become consumed with worry. That's important. Wait a minute. We become consumed with worry. If we become consumed, in other words, if we become overtaken, if we become overfull of things that are not God, then we take our focus, our attention, and our heart off of God. So far too often we become consumed with worry. And, and here's the great thing. And it's not really great. It's, it's actually terrible. But we love it, right? The things that we generally worry about are the things that we can't even control. Look, I found everybody with that one, right? We're all unified on this one. I lost y'all a couple weeks ago on RIP to the real, right? But I found y'all on that one. All of us in this room, far too often, we become consumed. We become overly saturated with worry about things that are not even within our control. So, so just as a, as a visual picture here, anybody ever started a fire, like a regular fire, right? I don't want you to start confessing your, like, do that afterwards. I don't want you to start confessing, like, your criminal uh, fire starting here, but a regular campfire. Anybody in here ever started a fire? Regular fire. Okay, now everybody... All right, everybody close your eyes, bow your head. Anybody ever started a, a real fire? Just needed to make sure I don't have anybody I need to turn over to the authorities, okay? Uh, so what is the, like, the number one, okay, let me just stop for a second, because I know that we got some men in this room, and if I say, what's the number one way to start a fire, you're going to be like, gas. Matter of fact, kerosene's better, right? So outside of, of, an, of, a, of an ignition source here, uh, that uh, naturally, the, the number one important thing of a fire is dry wood. Well, would we agree? Dry wood to the point we would call it what? Kindling, right? So the, the way to start this blaze that becomes huge is actually through these tiny little pieces of wood that we make even tinier, right? So that we can start the fire. So we have a, an ignition source that is natural, okay? Not kerosene. And if you're like, man, racing fuel, racing fuel will do it even better. 
Yeah, just, just, okay, come back with us here. Regular, non-criminal fires, okay? So, what if I, you know, what if, what if I had you think this, think this through with me, work, work this with me? I said, we're going to start a fire, all right? And you're like, okay, I like fire. And I'm like, you're a pyromaniac, but that's okay. God loves you. I didn't say I'm not a pyromaniac. I'm just finding people with me again. Okay, so we're starting a fire, and we've, we've got our firewood set to the side. Okay, so we've got a good, we got a good start here. Let me just move this out of the way. I'm not going to throw it this time. We all saw what happened the last time I threw it. I think I did break it. I've been kind of scared of it since then. <laughs> uh, all right, now we've, we've got our kindling over here to the side. So we, we've got our firewood here, and we've actually, uh, we've actually put it into a very uh, intelligent, breathing fashion so that the ignition source can cause the most damage to this wood and the wood everybody's like visualizing this with me and I, I'm like I'm looking into the faces of people and I'm seeing who else is a power maniac uh, alright now our kindling what is the best leave your gas behind okay what is the best way to utilize this kindling to start our fire for it to be very dry and have a lot of air in it actually because right, fire needs air, and then I'm not like a scientist, but I don't know, some chemical science cool stuff happens, and the air is removed, right? And the air is not actually removed, it's utilized to combust. And then we have a fire. So if we're starting a fire, this is, this is true with our lives. We, we have pillars that we have, uh, reading scripture, right? We have pillars like prayer. We have, we have pillars like worship music. So those are our, those are our firewood, right? Now this kindling, this is, this is these personal, very personal, intimate conversations that we have with God. These intimate conversations, these are beyond prayer, right? Like this is you having a real mono imano with, with God. The, the best way to have those conversations is through utilization of the third person of the Trinity known as what? Anybody want to say it? The Holy Spirit. We got like one in the room that knew it, and I'm proud. Right? So the Holy Spirit, the way to have the best, most intimate conversation with God is through intercession of someone known as Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. So much like that kindling, if we saturate that kindling with an outside source known as water, what happens to that kindling? It is absolutely useless. Like, I've got my real fire starters on this side, right? I'm seeing them thinking this through. They're like, mm -mm, now we're going to need some paper, right? Now we're going to need some, we're going to need some, remember the gas you told us to get rid of? We're going to need that gas now. So, what if I told you we do the exact same thing with our, with our personal devotion and our personal lives with Christ, right? The, the saturation, it, it's a little more sneaky in our lives. You ready for this? What about Facebook? Mm. What about Instagram? My ladies are like, <laughs> that one will get you, right? What about, and I'm about to get myself real hard. What about random videos of little men in foreign countries building things on YouTube? Naughty, Caleb, right? All these things serve as basically water to, to saturate our kindling. And the more things that we add to this, the harder it is to get that, that kindling back dry so that we can have a proper burst of flame that is our relationship and our intimacy with God. Everybody following that? You following that analogy? Like I, I just tried to use an analogy. Maybe it works for you. I don't know. I'm kind of scatterbrained, right? So worry. Let's, let's define worry, right? Because like this is a word we use commonly. Anybody use the word worry in their day-to-day -day life? Worried about this, worried about that, worried about this, worried about that. So to be worried is to be anxious about, right? That 
we're, we're all together. So let's also differentiate right here. Let's, let's cut this thing. There is healthy worry. Everybody following? That's called care or concern. God, Jesus is not saying, hey, don't care about nothing. Right? Don't get concerned about nothing. People like to jump to extremes and like, look, I can go skydiving right now. Jesus said, don't you worry about nothing. Right? Okay, go jump out of a plane. Make sure you have a parachute. Like, let's be worried about some things. Right? So those same people that would say, Jesus says I can do whatever, you know, don't be worried. They're not going to go and get into a plane to skydive and not have a parachute. They're going to have some bit of concern. They're going to have some bit of care. Jesus is not saying don't worry in terms of like don't care about anything in life. Just walk around like Gumby, right? Just taking on anything that comes and goes like flubber, right? Jesus is saying we have to, we have to be healthy and we have to be intelligent about what we actually spend our time and our care and our devotion on. So in, in this, this, this continuing of this concept... He's kind of building it up for a big finish here. And we, we said that the big finish, obviously, for us comes in verse 33, but we're working to that. So this word worry uh, in, in the Greek is merimneo, and that's to be anxious or to care for. And I love how in the Greek this actually takes it one step further. So this is to be pulled apart or divided. Y'all following that? So it's easy for our, our brains to say, oh, worry, and we just equate it to some feeling of like, eh, eh, right? But then what if we what if we look at in terms of being divided? Because we understand this, right? To be pulled apart. So if we spend all this time on this unhealthy worry or this being consumed by things that don't even matter, things that aren't even in our control, uh, Jesus says it, he says it great in verse 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? In other words, when he says this, he says, you, you can get so consumed by worry. You can get so consumed and fixated on things that aren't even in your control that you lose sight of the fact that I'm in control of everything. Y'all following that? So to be worried, and not just a general concern or a care, that's healthy, remember? Let's, let's not confuse things. To be actually worried and fixated on something, you have, you have in your head determined that you are God, that you know best, you have the ultimate control, you can make all things work together for your own good, right? What Jesus is saying here in these verses is that that idea, that sense that you have control of your life, you got to chuck it in the chuck it bucket. He's not saying just, hey man, just become numb to everything. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying let's reprioritize, let's refocus, let's, let's start making checks and balances of the things that are actually important, the things that are actually in control. Jesus is saying, hey, you control the things that you got control of and everything else you give it to me. You, you, you see that? He's saying everything else, the things that are beyond your control, that will consume you, that will just pull you apart, divide you, you've got to turn those things over to me. We get upset because we give God 40% of us, Right? And then we're mad at him because we're only seeing him in 80% of our lives. Think of that return on, on investment there. You're only giving him 40%, but yet he's working through all these things. And you're mad that he ain't got control of it all, but you haven't given him it all. What I'm telling you today, guys, it, you have to surrender everything to him. We've talked about this before. Jesus is a following, a proper following, or, or we, you know, we call it practicing the way. 
A proper following of, of Jesus is 100% or nothing. If you're only giving 99%, then you're holding on to something. And you're telling him, eh, you got most of this, but, but I know best in this other area. We don't give him all of us, and yet we wonder why we don't see him in all parts of our lives. Verse 26 says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Do you see what Jesus is saying here? You should be jealous of those birds. Right? You should be jealous of those birds. I didn't make them in my own image. I didn't make them to be in control of my kingdom. And look at them. They're just flying around happy as they can be. I don't think I've ever seen an angry bird, right? Like, they're just going about their day. Alfred Hitchcock is probably not, right? But, like, you look in the face of a bird, you can look in the face of another person, and you can see worry. We, we agree in here? We can look in the face of another person and see their concerns. You don't look into the face of a bird and go, man, he just looks like he's so worried. Right? You look at him like, yeah, you might want to fly in my hair. But you don't look at him and go, you know what? Man, just, how do I help you, little bird? Right? You just look so concerned. Jesus is saying, these birds are literally frolicking about, just flying willy-nilly. They got no will, no way. They're just doing whatever. They are living literally for the moment. He, he goes on to say, follow this. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. That's a shot at us, by the way. We plant a crop that, that is more, and we're think, we're think way outside of agricultural life here. We, we, we make these, these investments, right? So we plant fields for more than we could ever consume. Everybody follow? Now, I want you to kind of, as we, we're following through this, I want you to think of what this field may be in your life. We, we plant these fields full of crops, like to the brim. I mean, there's only three people in our house, right? You, you plant enough food for 400 people. There's three people in your house. And we, we do this. Anybody have trash pickup? Anybody trash pickup? Anybody take trash to the dump? If you're from the country, we don't burn trash and fires, right? Okay? Think of how much waste there is. Anybody ever have their fridge clean out? Oh, man. You ever feel bad when you do the, the, the fridge clean out? I'm not being funny, but like, you know, there are countries. There are your own backyard. There are possibly in your own neighborhood people that don't have food for today, and we're throwing out. I wish, like, one day when you're doing, when you're doing your fridge clean-out, guys, like, keep a tally. I'm not, like, I'm not organized enough for this, okay? But I need one of y'all to do it for me. Keep a tally and tell me what this comes up to. I'm going to probably double whatever you said, and that's probably my waste. We're so concerned with things that aren't in our control, that we have things just like that that are completely within our control. There are countries, did you all know this? There are countries where every day they pass by these fresh markets. And you know what? You know how much food they get? The food for today. You guys know that, right? There, there are countries where they, on their way, walking typically, or riding bikes typically, to jobs, not in cars, just chilling at traffic lights, building up a blockade of other people who are in a hurry to go nowhere. And they go to these fresh markets and they get food for today. They're like, 
They waste so much time doing that. No, they don't. The time that they spend is now preparing what they need for today. You know what God said that you need to be worried about? Today and today only. I'm also not telling you, like, don't have 401ks. That's not what this is saying, right? Remember, worry, concern, two different things. But what I'm saying is the things that are control are within our control in our lives, we got to start caring about them. we got to start worrying about them. These past, like, the Friday on, God's like, hey, big boy, I heard you were going to preach about worry this, uh, this Sunday. Let's just really, let's just really throw a curb. And, and, and your, uh, let's throw a wrench in there and just see what you got. So like Wednesday area, I go down with the flu, right? So, so from Wednesday to like kind of midday Friday, not going to lie, I felt like junk. Like garbage, right? So Friday, I'm starting that morning to kind of feel better. And I'm like, yeah, ooh, go me, right? And I get ready. And I go into Judah's room, like, follow this order, guys. I always have to start with the little one. My oldest, he's six, but he's 16 in his head. He's going to have something smart to say to me about why I'm waking him up, right? So I've got to, like, i got to go downstairs, take the little one downstairs, and let him start working through this in his own little way upstairs so that once I have the little one ready, when I come back to the big one, maybe he's out of bed. But he is awake. So here I am, and you know, I've got the, the I go to get the little one out of bed, and I'm like, well, this is not good. He feels feels kind of hot. <laughs> yeah, he feels a little warm. So he doesn't say anything really, and I, I get him downstairs. I've gotten him dressed, and I'm looking at him, and he's just like, eh. He's looking a little potato, right? So I'm like, Judah, you don't feel good? No. I go upstairs, I come back downstairs. Okay, if you know Judah, Judah just goes. One wall to the other, full speed, all the time, right? That's what Judah does. He just goes. So I go upstairs, get Finley, I come back down. Judah's asleep again. I'm like, okay, yep, so he's got flu now. So I'm handling that, and that put a little bit of a, because, you know, it's, my first day, like, kind of being back full speed at work, and I'm like, okay, I've been kind of slack for a couple days. I need to catch up, <laughs> and that's not going to happen today. So then Saturday comes. Judah is, yeah, he was angry. And God is just kind of smiling. You've made a whole lot of plans, didn't you, buddy? And I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, Saturday morning, I take Judah outside in his anger and sickness. All right, and he wants to play, but he's sick. So, what I want to play means I want you to carry me around to all these things that I normally like to do. I don't actually want to do them either. I just want you to carry me from station to station so I can look at the trampoline. Ooh, yeah, I don't want to get on there. All right, let's let's walk over. Matter of fact, let me just. Squirm a little bit while I'm, while you're carrying me, Dad. Take me to the you know to the playset. Let me just look at this thing. Yeah, I'm not gonna play on that either, right? So then he's like, chickens. All right, so let's walk all the way. Anybody ever been to our house? I mean, that you know, Judah's not light. Now I've got to carry him all the way across the yard to get over to the chickens. He's looking at the chickens and he goes, "I'm going inside." <laughs> of course you do, buddy. So, you know, we, and I, I, I started to notice something within the chicken coop. And I'm like, that's a dead chicken. Awesome. So one of our chickens has recently gotten away, and I'm pretty sure when he, we didn't even like him, by the way. As my neighbor was trying to help me, like, catch this chicken at one point in time, and he got into some, like, briars. And I was like, man, eh, if he comes out, he comes out. Right? They're like, well, do you need me to go in there? I'm like, no, no, no. He will attack you. He is mean. He is the devil. So I think when he went away, he actually brought Predator back to the coop, right? Because his scent is now across with the Predators. And so I think he brought it back, and the Predator took out our smallest chicken. So I'm like, awesome. Now I've got a sick kid, right? 
I still kind of feel crappy myself. All right, let's let's handle the chicken. I've got to bury the chicken. Yes, guys. My wife loves her chickens, so I do have to. We have a pet cemetery basically at the house, and I have to to bury the chicken. All right, so I have to dig this hole. I'm like, God. You ever like you know a couple days out of the flu and you still feel just like, oh man, like you're not operating on 100 percent. And meanwhile, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like like God has to be kind of just looking at me. Like, would you just look at that? <laughs> would you just look at that? You're looking a little tired there, bud. And so you know I'm. I'm handling this, and so I'm like, okay, whatever. Now we've got to, we got to, we've got to take the the old dog kennel and basically build, uh, sand, I call it Sandbachen prison, right? That bok bok chicken sandbok prison. So we took the the kennel and put it around all the chicken stuff. Jessica obviously has a a broken foot, so guess who got to to do all that moving of the, the the dog kennels. And the dog kennels, like, nothing has been in there. So the grass and the weeds have grown up. And, you know, anybody ever tried to move, like, a kennel that had, like, the weeds and stuff? Like, that's a lot of work. So I'm barely off the flu, right? I've got these great plans, like, you know what? It's my first day feeling good again. Let's just relax. We didn't get to have vacation. And God's like, no, no, child, you're making too many plans. And you're not, you're not putting me at the center of the focus here. So here I am, got Sandbachen prison put up. And that's a, like, pun off of San Quentin, if anybody was wondering. Uh, so I go inside, take my little shower. And I'm like, Jessica, what do you want for lunch? So I go, I thought, I go to go get lunch. Right? Anybody that has been up and down Big Creek, you know that they're doing construction on Big Creek. So every screw, every nail, every anything that has ever been on that road is like now in the road. Like, hey, come and run me over. So, of course, you know, the kind of week I've been having, the kind of day I've been having, it's like, why wouldn't we have a screw in the tire? And so for a moment, I was like, I'm thinking, all right, I can just put this off. Right? I'm not being funny. I'm like, I could just put this off for tomorrow. And, and while I'm thinking about, I could just put this off for tomorrow, go back inside, get the keys to another car, and leave. I'm not even being funny, but like in my head, I hear God saying, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And I'm like, oh, goodness. Each day has enough trouble for its own. I'm like, okay, God, so we're changing, you know, we're, we're plugging that tire right now. Uh, so I plug the tire. I go to, to <laughs> I go to get the the, the food, and, and I'm telling y'all all this story so that you can see. In my head, I had been prioritizing things, right? Like I thought I was in control of the schedule, and, and while I'm preparing myself mentally to preach a message about worry. It's basically like one test after another. And I'm not going to lie, compared to how I normally handle things, Jessica, I handled it really good, like surprisingly well. Because I look at each thing as like God saying, what are we going to say about worry, right? And, I, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, don't worry. And I, normally I would have been like, right? Like it would have been angry. And here I am, I'm like, you know what, I just got to take it, one step at a time. I said that you were Lord of all, let's make you Lord of all. So I get the tire plugged and I go to get lunch. Anybody been to KFC, Taco Bell, and Belton lately? All right, for like a week there, they were doing okay. It's like something had put some pep in their step. Normally, that is an experience. And not just an experience, normally that's an all-day experience. You go for fast food, if, like, you think sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to be smart, I'm going to go inside. And they've got the doors locked, like, mm-mm, you ain't coming in here. And so you go through the drive-thru, and what happens? They're like, okay, that's cool, you want to place an order? Here's some drinks, if, they lo- if, like, if they're being nice. Here's some drinks so you at least have something to, to occupy your time. Go park over there, right? Go park over there for a while. And when I say for a while, I mean that's at least 20 to 30 minutes that they're going to have you waiting. I've tried to call ahead, and they say you can't do that. Uh, they're not on the apps. So you also can't do that. 
And honestly, I'm not sure I'd trust them to prepare the food on the app. So let's just say there was an incident yesterday where I had to not have the correct order in the drive-thru, go back inside. On three occasions, three occasions they bring food to the counter. None of those are even close to, to what I have ordered. On that third occasion, I'm not going to say everything that I said. And it wasn't that I was mean. I just, okay, so I asked the kid, and I'm not going to lie, y'all. He was, like, if your kid works at, at KFC Taco Bell, he's white. Uh, and, what? Okay, so he's a white kid that works, a teenager. I just looked at him right in his eyes, and I'm like, dude, how high are you? He kind of giggle smirks, and he's like, mm, and he just starts to walk away. I'm like, look, 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 look. This is not even right. There's a, I didn't order a protein bowl. There's a protein bowl at the bottom of this, okay? I'm just going to take whatever's in this bag. I have a wife who's very picky about her food and very peculiar about her food. I just need you to make the mashed potato bowl that I ordered. I don't even care. I'm just going to take whatever else is in this bag. And I'm just like, I'm just going to, whatever, whatever's in this bag is like, this is what God wanted me to have, okay? So I'm just fine with it. And it wasn't. It was just random things in that bag. I'm not going to lie to y'all. None of which were the things that I think that we actually ordered. And all through all these things that are just like, it's one thing after another that's just going wrong. And through each thing, I'm just sitting back and I'm like, Am I going to worry about this? And I, am I going to co become consumed by this? Or am I literally going to roll with the punches, right? Am I going to surrender control in this situation and say, God, you know what? You know best. What's happened in our lives, guys, is that far too often we don't take that last step there where we just surrender control of everything and say, you know what, God, you do know best. One of these things, and look, guys, I just told y'all, there was a whole laundry list of things that went wrong for me. Normally, I'm not, like, saying this so I can be like, look how good I am. No, normally, like, the first thing, and I was like, drop-kicking reality. But normally, one of these things happens, something that's way out of our control. Like, can I control a predator breaking into our, our chicken coop, taking out one of our chickens? No, I can't. But normally, we become so wrapped up, so consumed, that we let that thing become our master. Verse 28 says, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. Remember, he's already... He's already used the birds to say, <laughs> you know those little birds <laughs> have a brain like the size of your, your pinky nail? Look how happy they are, right? Because they let me be in control. Now he's saying, okay, at least the, you know, you, at least the birds have a brain. It's maybe small, but they have a brain. So he's like, okay, let's take this a step further. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. Do flowers have any control of their, I guess you'd call it life? They have zero control. It is 100% on outside influence. At least a bird can say, you know what, I want to eat. No, I don't want to eat, I want to die. The flower has zero control. Like, none. At all. See how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labor or spin. And then here's where, here's where, where, where Jesus is going to say, now let's just take that cockiness, that arrogance you have, and let's just show you. Verse 29, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, the richest, most, like, I guess majestic, right? Like most handsome, intelligent, all the good adjectives you use, all those things. Yet Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. We're so concerned about things that we cannot control. Verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe? 
clothe you. Y'all, Jesus ain't talking about shirts. Jesus ain't talking about pants. You do need to wear shirts and pants when you come here, though, like just in case anybody, like we're not strict on dress code, but like wearing clothes is a thing, right? Will he not much more clothe you, or you of little faith? Verse 31, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? You see what Jesus just did all in one right here? What we shall eat. What we shall drink. What we shall wear. Do any of those things, what you actually eat, what you actually drink, what you wear, do any of those things matter even a, like a, a hint on the, on the, the full scheme of things that, that matter from now to eternity. No. Whether you eat, bless them, whether you eat KFC when you leave here, or you go home and prepare a meal, that's not going to stand one way or the other in between you and eternity. Whether you wore a green shirt or a blue shirt today is not going to matter on the, the grand scheme of things from now to eternity. And, and through this chapter 6, we've been using, remember the analogy of the painting, right? And there's all these brush strokes. A painting is far greater than any of the individual brush strokes. Everybody agree? But here's the really cool part. But the painting is not complete without every single one of the brush strokes. Stop looking at that, that brush stroke that you're like, oh man, I should have went this way with this, or I should have done this. Stop letting that get you so focused on the, the minute detail that you forget to step back and see the big picture. That, that's what Jesus is saying. Stop getting consumed by each individual brush stroke. Step back and see the majesty. Step back and see the beauty. Step back and see the grandeur of the life that I'm building before you. You're so worried about what happened on a Saturday in August of 2022 that you don't see that life is more than this side of heaven. Verse 33 and 34 but seek first. Notice there's a prioritization here. But seek first. If you like are a person that highlights and underlines in your Bible, like this is a great place to, to put your little, little rubber stamping on this thing. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So his power, his authority, and his control. And all these things will be given to you as well. And this is where Jesus is saying, I'm not telling you don't worry about anything, right? I'm not telling you don't have any concerns, don't have any, don't have any cares. But if you will put me in the first priority seat here, if you will put me as your number one focus, instead of when these things go wrong, going, what do I do? When, when something goes wrong, you stop and say, what is God going to do through me? What is God going to do for me? When you can reach that moment where every bad thing has to first come through you, where every hardship first has to come through you, and you come to a place where you realize that he had control all along. That's what this is about. That's what he's trying to tell you. You have to keep the kindling dry, guys. The things that matter, the things that will get you from this side of eternity to the next, those are the things we have to focus on. Those are the things that we have to prioritize above all else. 
meeting with the saints, right? Living in community with one another, sharing meals with one another, growing to know each other deeply, growing to know each other more personally so that in in all of our pursuit of of a holy God, we can begin to see he, he will make his presence known through each and every single person. And then by us coming together, we see God through one another. Did you know, Christian, that you will possibly be the closest thing to heaven that an unbeliever ever sees. And this, this side of heaven, this is as close to hell as you ever have to see. But for those people, you are the closest thing to heaven that they ever see. Aside from the the last day that we're going to come and talk about in, in Revelation and Six weeks, right? You will be the closest thing to heaven that they ever see. So God is saying, if you're so concerned, if you're so worried about these things that don't matter, someone is always watching us. Y'all know that? You ever had a kid? All right, think of there's like a thing that you shouldn't say. Right? And you say it. You don't think anybody's around. I don't care if the toddler is asleep. He heard it. And he's going to repeat it. Like, you don't even have to tell him it's bad. He just knows. I'm talking through Judah Wild, y'all. I'm talking through Judah Wild. Someone is always watching us. Verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I gotta, I'm going to read a couple quick things for you. We're going to conclude. We'll pray and we'll bring the kids back downstairs. So Jesus is ultimately, through this, attempting to teach us that we must choose whether we will have faith in him or worry about circumstances. Faith in him. Or worry about circumstances. One of those things will become your master. We cannot live a life with God. If we are living a life where things. Are our God. You hear that? We can't live a life with God. If we are living a life where the things in our lives. Are our God. How do we avoid the way of life that Jesus is alluding to here? And I I think there are two passages. uh, We're we're not going to really go in depth on these. I just want to read them for you. Uh, If you want to jot these down, these will be very important uh, for you to actually look at in your personal study. So in order to avoid that lifestyle, like this this lifestyle of concern, this lifestyle of, of worry and anxiety, uh, I'm going to show you two passages that, that, that God will use to work through uh, the third person of the Trinity that is the Holy Spirit. And the first is actually uh, in John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. And this is where Jesus is actually advising us of the coming of the Holy Spirit. This is where Jesus, remember, says that John came and baptized with water, but one is coming who will baptize with fire that is the Holy Spirit. Right? So wait on the Advocate. So he tells them in John 16, wait on the advocate. And remember in Acts chapter 1, he tells us, hey, don't leave Jerusalem until the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, don't leave Jerusalem until the advocate comes to you. And in Acts chapter 2, we see definitely the advocate doesn't just show up, the, the advocate shows out. And in John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15, he says, but when he, the spirit of truth, Think about that. Y'all, look at that. But when he, the spirit of truth, the refiner comes, he will guide you into all truth. Holy Spirit brings what? It's not a trick question. Holy Spirit brings what? Starts with a T. It's a word that's repeated right here a couple times. The Holy Spirit brings what? Y'all wake up. Truth. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth. 
He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. Y'all know who is, he, he's basically like he's got one of those little microphones, the little, you know, the little earpiece. And, and he's hearing God, and he's speaking out God, so he's interceding on our behalves. And he will tell you what is to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Verse 15, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So how do we avoid a life consumed by things? First, we have to wait on the Advocate, which is the Holy Spirit. Second way, and this one actually comes from Paul. Uh, this is Galatians chapter 5. This is verses 16 through 18. So it's Galatians 5, verses 16 through 18. This is actually Paul advising us on how to avoid a life constantly consumed by flesh or a pursuit of material objects. Uh, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. The same Spirit that, that Jesus said we had to, to wait on, right? So now, now Paul is taking it a step further. He's not just saying wait on it. He's saying walk with it. Y'all see that? Wait on the Spirit and walk with it. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Your flesh is always going to be flesh. Your flesh ain't ever going to point you to God. Y'all see that? Your flesh is never going to go, oh man, we should get closer to God. Your flesh is constantly going to try and pull you further and further away from God. Your flesh is constantly going to pour that water on your kindling. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. I'm going to pray for us really quick. Uh, we'll prepare our hearts for communion, uh, and then we'll enjoy uh, one last song to kind of just keep that sweet spirit of worship that we had going on in the beginning of the service and just kind of continue it uh, to close here. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll endure communion. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we're just so thankful for your presence. God, we're so thankful for your word. We're just so thankful for the Holy Spirit to come into this place, God, that, that we would just give control, we would give surrender of all things that, that we allow to possess us, Lord, and allow you to just take control, Lord, that you would point us in the right direction, God, that you would give us a spirit of peace. And I just pray they, today, God, that you'll just work through the sickness that... that that our people are encountering today, God, that you would just provide healing, God, that you would just deliver them from the sickness that kept them out of the house, God. And I just pray that everybody that was here, Lord, that you would just continue to work through them, Lord, keep them healthy, keep them focused on you, God. And we pray these things in your heavenly, gracious name. Amen.